Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Let me just say this before I get into the, I don't know if this will offend you or if you will understand this, but let me just say this before I get into the message. I do not want this to be a pep rally this morning. And what I mean by that is um, there are preachers who could preach what I'm getting ready to preach and everybody here would be up on their just so excited and just go ready to charge the gates of hell, right? Until you got out back and got your plate of food. <laughs> then you forget about it and keep it going back to your normal life. I don't want that. This is a message that will stir your emotions. This is a message that will motivate you. And we can get within our emotions and we can say, yeah, I'm all in. But it doesn't mean anything. Does that make sense to anybody? I want God to speak to your heart. I want you to change your life. Amen? So, so here's, where, here's where I am. I want you guys to think about this. As the pastor of this church, things are going great. Amen? Everyone's getting along. We, we don't have fighting. I'm, I'm not getting yelled at all the time and chewed out. We're, we, we're, everyone's getting along. There's not conflict. There's not any issues in the church. The people are growing. Almost everybody here is coming here every Sunday, and they are desiring the Word of God, and they are growing spiritually. Uh, we we uh, have new ministries starting, and I'm not going to try and take time to just tell everything, but God's just doing a lot in our church. The men's ministry, the women's ministry, the youth ministry, the NOIC, the OCC, the, you know, just on and on and on. Things have popped up, and things are prospering, and things are doing well. The, the outreach events that we have, all the great things God is doing, tremendous works, and it is very, very successful. We have new people coming in very often and staying, praise God. We have new converts in the church. We have all of this going on, and praise God for it. And as a pastor, I could sit back and say, this is what I've always dreamed of. And yet there is a gnawing in my heart that says, it's not enough. Now, I'll be honest, all of my life since I started preaching, this is what I dreamed of. I thought if I could just get here, th- this is what I, this is, this is a dream church. You, got, the, you guys are the dream congregation to pastor. Th- this is, this is all that any pastor could dream of. And I look at so many other pastors, I talk and they tell me how bad they've got it. I think if they could just have my church, they could just sit down and say, great, you have a great church. But God says, that's not enough. That's not enough. And you say, pastor, what more could you ask for? I feel the Lord is asking for more than we are giving him. <clears throat> so I titled the message this morning, The Stealth Enemy. I'm assuming everybody knows what stealth is. Um, that, is that is actually a name that is uh, primarily uh, used for aircraft. But it is the idea of a, a, a weapon can come in undetected. Right. They, they fly stealth airplanes in and the radar says, I don't see a thing. I don't see I don't see anything. And then, then it's here. And, and then they attack and then they kill us. 
and we never saw it coming. So it's a stealth attack. It's an attack that we didn't see coming. So, so here at the Sand Hill Church, if someone tried to bring in sin, every, I believe all of us, I believe us brothers would rise up and say, no, you're not bringing that in our church. Are you guys with me? Well, we're not going to allow sin to come into this church. If, if there was a conflict, if there's a lot of different things that would come in, uh, if someone was trying to stray away from the Lord, I believe we would say, no, we're not going to stand for that. We're going to, we're going to stand against the enemy. But is there an enemy that can come into the church and none of us brothers will see it coming? Is there an enemy that can slip in among us and destroy us and we never even knew it came in the door? And this is what the Lord's been working with me on. <clears throat> you say, Pastor, what is this stealth enemy that comes in the door? You know what I believe it is at Sand Hill? Josh said this morning in Sunday school, you know, you guys are the greatest Christians that he knows of. I, I second it. I think you guys are the greatest Christians that you're going to find in any, any church anywhere. So what enemy could slip in here and destroy us and even the pastor never even saw it coming and never even stood against it? You know what I believe that enemy is? Comfortable. You ever thought about that? Haven't we at Sand Hill come to a place where we are very comfortable? I mean, we read our Bibles, we sing our songs, we praise the Lord, we eat food, we do it again, right? We, we get along, we do ministry, we're not doing anything wrong, we're not doing any sin, we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing, and we are very, very comfortable. You know what I believe the Lord said? I don't want you to be comfortable. I don't want you to be comfortable. <laughs> and isn't, listen, pastor, don't rock the boat. It's so good right now. Everyone's getting along. There's no conflict. Things are going great. We're worshiping the Lord. We're learning the Bible. Leave it alone. It's going good. But the Lord won't leave me alone. Because I believe we can get so comfortable that we become ineffective. Amen? So we're going to look a little bit this morning at, at uh, not uh, being comfortable. Amen? <laughs> Aren't you glad you come this morning? All right. So Jonathan here, let's look at the big picture, and then we'll get into the points. Let's look at the big picture here. Uh, every one of these, as we started, we read the entire chapter, the 14th chapter, all of these people in this, all of the characters, if you will, everybody here in this story, every one of them is a soldier in the army of God. Okay? Every one of these guys, these, these, are, these are soldiers in the army of God. They are supposed to be fighting the battle of God. Right? Isn't that what soldiers do? They fight. They're supposed to be engaging the, uh, the enemy. They're supposed to be fighting against the enemy. Uh, but instead of that, uh, they, the Philistines themselves even said they're coming out of their holes. They've been hiding from us. How many of you think great warriors hide in holes? Right? Listen, the, these men were called to fight the battle, and what they were doing was being very comfortable. 
And Jonathan, the son of the king, said, well, nobody's doing anything. I wonder what happened if we do this. <laughs> Are you guys with me? <laughs> I want you to look. This is what got me thinking about this message. This, this is really the, what sparked the whole thing. Jonathan said in verse uh, 6, he said, he said, And Jonathan said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Listen to what he said. It may be, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Now, Jonathan had great faith. Jonathan believed God could, Jonathan believed that he, him and his armor bearer could whoop the whole Philistine army if he wanted him to. Jonathan had faith. But here's what Jonathan said. It may be. Does anybody get this? Does anybody get this? He didn't say, I know it's going to happen. He said, it may be. Wouldn't it be nice, Brother Charles, wouldn't it be nice in church if the Lord would say, I want you to do this, and if you'll do what I tell you to do, I guarantee you it'll all work out perfect. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? If you'll go witness to your neighbor, I guarantee you they'll fall down on their doorstep, they will repent of their sins, you will both shout hallelujah, and you can come back to church and tell God how great everybody is. Right? God doesn't guarantee that, does he? If you'll do this job in a church, if you'll step out of your comfort zone, if you'll do this, everything will be great. God doesn't do that. You know what he says? Trust me. And this is what Jonathan said. Well, nobody else is doing anything around here. They're all just being comfortable. How about if we try something? Now, he didn't, this isn't recorded in the Bible. This is just a little bit of Garyology, okay? But he may have said to his armor, I don't know if it's going to work or not. We may die, but we're going to do something. Is anybody getting this? We're going to do something. And he said, it may be. He's telling the armor bearer, he said, it may be. He said, we might go over there and we might win the victory. But we also may go over there and we may die. But somebody's got to do something because we can't just sit here. And guys, that I think that's where we're at at Sand Hill. I mean, I, I could have spent all morning bragging on all the things we've done and all the things you guys are doing, how great you guys are. And, and listen, as far as I know, there's not sin in the camp. As far as I know, uh, we're all being obedient. As far as I know, we're all doing what we're supposed to do. As far as I know, the church is doing phenomenal. But is anybody willing to step out of where you're comfortable and go do something that's not comfortable? <laughs> Wouldn't we like to just not have this message this morning? So Jonathan says... I'm going to exercise some risky faith. I'm going to trust God, but there is a risk involved. Have you guys ever seen anybody in church? Now, now I, 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 I know that we've seen a lot of people in church do things God didn't tell them to do. Right? People decided to do something and God wasn't in it and it fell flat on its But if anybody, has anybody ever, or maybe you yourself, have you ever genuinely, sincerely followed God and it just didn't work out? Has anybody done that? But I have, right? I genuinely, sincerely follow God, and it kind of just flopped, right? Well, here's the thing. Would God rather have us fail trying or sit still and do nothing? Are you guys getting this? Jonathan said, I'm going to do something. If it doesn't work out, I tried. 
I'd rather be like that than dad sitting back here under the pomegranate tree. And guys, listen, it's okay. Listen, as your pastor. Everybody tune in. Everybody listen to me. It's okay to fail, but it's not okay to do nothing. Do I need to say that again? It's okay to fail. It's okay to say, I'll do that, and then you didn't do it so good. It's okay to step out on faith and you kind of fall on your face. It's okay. That's better than sitting back safe and doing nothing. And a lot of people in church, and I know, I think a lot of people at Sand Hill, the good people at Sand Hill, a lot of people in church think, you know, if I do that, I might look really stupid. If I do that, I might embarrass myself. If I do that, it, 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 it may really work out really bad. I believe that God has designed this thing that there would be a risk because you trust him. If he guaranteed everything would be all right and there was no risk involved, that would not be faith, right? But he says, step out. You might get your head shot off, but step out and trust me and just see what happens. And Jonathan did it. Jonathan stepped out, took a chance, and God moved. Amen? So there, there is not a guarantee on how this will end. It doesn't come with a guarantee. And if you're sitting here this morning listening to this message, and God's laying on something on your heart, you don't get a guarantee. You don't get a guarantee. You trust God. But may I remind you, He's never failed us. May I remind you, when you fall, He will be there to pick you back up. But I want to I I say clearly this morning, comfort is not our friend. See, in comfort, you get, you get in that comfort zone, and you get lazy, and you get soft. And again, you're doing all the right things, you're not doing anything wrong, and you're not feeling like you need to do anything, and then the devil just kind of lulls you to sleep. Okay? Jonathan said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take a chance, and I'm going to step out in faith. <clears throat> There was a lot to lose if God doesn't move. Jonathan recognized, listen guys, do you understand? Jonathan is going out to, he's going out to pick a fight with the enemy who's ruling over them, whose army is much bigger. He's going out to pick a fight with them. He realizes to his armor bearer, if this doesn't go right, we probably ain't coming home, <laughs> right? We're going to be laying out in the field dead tonight. They're going to take our heads off if we go out and do this, but let's trust God and see what happens. I love this, I love this point, this bullet point. This is the opposite of what so many people are taught in church. But I believe this is biblical. I believe Jonathan said, I know God can. I don't know if God will. Isn't that the opposite of what we always hear in church? Just believe hard enough, God will do what you tell him to do. No, Jonathan said, I know God can. God can give us his whole army, and we can whoop them all. But I don't know if he's going to. Is that Baptist? <laughs> Are we allowed to say that to Baptist church? Listen, God doesn't always give us what we want, but he does want us to step out and take a chance. And, and Jonathan was willing to do that, recognizing that it might cost him his life. So taking that scary step, if I, if I could just take a minute here, 
and, and, and have us look in the rear view mirror. And if I leave you out, don't be offended at me. But there are people in this church who have taken some scary steps. There are people in this church, if we look back over the last couple of years, have stepped out of their comfort zone into some, some scary stuff. Jamie and Rachel were uh, um, kind of in the background and out of sight. And nobody knew anything about them. And, and, and I got on to Josh enough about him doing too much, and he started giving them things to do. And I know with their personalities, that was not what they wanted. Josh says, you need to be out in front. And they said, no, we need to be hidden and not seen. But look at what God has done because they've done that. Christy and Renee started a podcast. I don't know about Christy. I can't speak for her, but, but I do know Renee. Renee was scared to death. Renee was absolutely scared to death. <laughs> the, Renee is not, Renee is not a, a get-out-in-front speaker type person. And she started doing a podcast, and it started going tremendously well, and Renee was very nervous about that. It was scary. Gary, I don't know if I can do this. And then they said, we want you in front of the camera. <laughs> Made it twice as worse, right? But my point is, there are a lot of people who have stepped out into what was not comfortable, and God has blessed it. And, and I could give story after story after story of people that have done that. But listen, guys, just because we have a podcast, just because we, we have a, a youth camp, just because we have a youth ministry now, just because all the great things God doing, we don't get to sit down and be comfortable. Are you guys with me? We don't get to sit down and be comfortable. We've got to keep stepping out into that scary unknown and trusting God. So let's look at, <clears throat> let's look at religious and safe. I think it's interesting that Saul, being the king of Israel, it's, it says in, in, in verses uh, um, three there. Let, let me just translate all of that for you. Saul, who was supposed to be leading the fight, said, I'm going to find me a comfortable place back here and I'm going to sit down and rest. He got 600 men to gather around him. He probably figured if the enemy comes, I have to kill 600 guys. I get out here while they're killing them. They'll never get me, right? I'm comfortable. I'm safe. I've got the tabernacle, I've got the high priest with the ephod, with the Ark of the Covenant. I am religious, I am Christian, I am godly, not doing anything wrong, I'm comfortable. Let me ask the Sandhill Church, was God happy with Saul? No. Do you guys get it? You couldn't really point to his life and say, you're being a bad Christian, you're doing this bad thing, you're out of the will of God. You couldn't really say that. But you know what you could say? Saul, you're just comfortable. You've gotten so comfortable, you're not doing anything. And I think too many of us here at Sand Hill, I can't point to anything in your life where you're sinning. I can't point to anything in your life where you're not doing what you're supposed to be. Most of you are, are, are reading and praying and faithful to church and all the great things that you're supposed to be doing. Praise God for it. But are you comfortable? Are you comfortable? <clears throat> So, so Saul had an outward appearance of doing right. He was not living in sin, but he was comfortable and safe. And I think the, the big thing we got to see about Saul is, I believe Saul looked at the enemy and he saw how big they were, and he recognized he's supposed to be fighting a battle, but he sits back here and he says, well, I'm very religious sitting back here with the tabernacle and the ark and the high priest. And I am the king of Israel, and I am respected by everyone, 
And I don't really want to irritate the enemy. Because if I irritate the enemy, he might fight back. I just wonder if we have any Christians that think that way. Do you know, if we poke the devil, he'll probably poke back. If we go out and see people saved, we'll probably upset the devil. How many of you know that if we get the devil really mad, he might come in amongst us and try to cause us to not get along? What I'm saying is, if we just don't make waves, we can enjoy eating out back and having good church services. Why ruin that? Why take a chance in ruining that? And maybe, maybe we make the devil mad and he comes in and fights with us. Because that's why we are here. We are fighting for a kingdom and that kingdom is Jesus Christ. And if we're not fighting the enemy, we're really not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Is anybody, is anybody with me this morning? Does this make sense to anybody? The, the, I, I preached on this several times here lately, but, but Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That doesn't sound like sitting back hiding. That sounds like charging the gates and going through them. Right? And then I'm all, I, I fully understand. Listen, I've been at this long enough to know. I fully understand. If we start fighting in the devil's territory, he's going to start fighting back. Right? So what are we going to do? We're going to fight in the enemy's territory. And if he fights back, we need to be strong enough to get back up and keep going. Amen? So, so we can't be comfortable, guys. We, we can't sit back in, in our religious comforts and say, I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, leave me alone. But I think this is fascinating. And maybe you can, maybe if you would this morning, you can examine yourself. Maybe you can put yourself into this because I think this is very fascinating. I want you to think about the revealing of their faith level. So Saul's sitting back here, 600 men, very comfortable, very safe, doesn't really need any faith. All of the rest of Israel that are called to be soldiers of God, they're way away from the battle. And Jonathan says, hey, why don't we go see what happens? Right? We'll go over there. God delivers. Great if he doesn't. Well, not so great. But I want you to, I want you to see this. The level of faith was revealed. Very interesting to me, and I believe this applies in church. I believe this applies in every church. I believe this applies to Sand Hill Church. You know there's always got to be that first guy that sticks his head out of the hole? I want you to recognize the armor bearer. I think the, we don't get a name. We don't, we don't even know who he is. It's just, it's just Jonathan's armor bearer. That's all we get. But I want you to get this. Now, this is Gary's uh, commentary, okay? Do what you want to with it. I don't believe the armor bearer would have ever said, let's go whoop the Philistines. I don't think that's where he was. I, I don't think he was in that place to say, let's go out there and fight the Philistines. But when somebody stood up and said, let's trust God, he said, yeah, I'm in. How many people does that apply to in the church? In other words, you might be the one who says, let's go, and you think you'll be alone, and you turn around, and there's a bunch of people just waiting for someone to say, I'll go, and, I, and I'll go with you. 
So the armor bearer just took a very small nudge and he was on board and ready to go. And he said, do what is in your heart and I'll be right there with you. And Jonathan, it says he gets on his hands and knees and he crawls between them two sharp rocks and right behind him is the armor bearer. And it says Jonathan gets up and starts saying, I just imagine Jonathan getting from between them two rocks. He starts killing people and he looks behind him and his armor bearer is back there killing people too. See, that just took a little bit to nudge him to get him going in the right direction. And then it says... I think so very interesting, and you know, th this is such a good story, and there's so many things you could preach out, but it says the people that were with Saul, that, that's kind of what I mentioned. They're sitting back drinking, uh, drinking iced tea and eating grapes and enjoying themselves and saying, yeah, we're, we're in the army of God, we're fighting the battle. And they're back here, and, and one of the guys with Saul looks over and says, there's something going on with the Philistines. Something's happening with the enemy. <laughs> looks like they're getting killed over there as we sit here drinking our iced tea and eating grapes. And they keep looking, and they keep looking, and there's more dying and more dying, and pretty soon one of them says to Saul, you know what, something's happening over there. And, and Saul, I think it says in there, he gets the, high, he gets the high priest out and he starts running, and, and, then, and then it just keeps going, and Saul says, wait a minute, hold it, stop the church service, let's go fight. And then it says there were people that were all over Israel. You've got to realize some of these were in tribes. They were, they were very, very far away. And word got to them, and they said, hmm, something's happening. Let's join in. And then it even says there were some of the Israelites that had joined up in the camp of the Philistines. And they eventually said, huh. Looks like we're on the wrong side. Israel's winning. The uh, Philistines are losing. Let's jump back over to the Israel side. Do you guys see how in this story, how it plays out so well, that when Jonathan did what he should have done, there were some that took very little to get right in there with him. And there were some that were so far away, it took a lot of prompting to get them. Now, how embarrassing is it to show up to the fight after the fight's over? We're here to fight. Yeah, we done killed them all. Right? I got my spear. I got my arrow. There's nobody to shoot. We got them all. Right? Hey, we trust God. Yeah, you do after the enemy's all dead. You guys get this? There, 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 there were people who said, I'm in. I'm all in. There's no price too big to be paid. As long as Jonathan goes, kills them all first, I'm right in there with him. Is that not describe how church is sometimes? You know, again, guys, somebody here has got to be a Jonathan. And I don't believe I'm talking about one person or two people, but I believe we need a bunch of Jonathans to just say, <laughs> I don't know if it's a work, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> I might fail, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to do what's uncomfortable. But can I tell you that I believe in the church, and we've illustrated this over and over and over and over again. If you are that guy who sticks his neck out, there's probably someone that does take very little encouragement to be right there behind you saying, I don't want to be out in front, but I'll be right behind you. And then there'll be those that are a little farther behind. They'll jump on board. And then there are some of those that show up when the fight's over. <laughs> right? And I just want to, I'm not here, this is not a beat you up message at all. I, 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 but I just, I just wonder if you be real honest. Which one of those people are you? Which one of those people are you? Are you the guy who says, let's charge the gates of hell? Are you the guy that says, God may, we don't know? Are you the guy that says, hey, if someone's leading, I'll follow? Are you, the guy, are you the ones that will catch on three weeks later? Or are you so far away from the battle 
this thing's going to be over with before you ever show up. Which one are you? And maybe more important question than that, which one do you want to be? Which one do you want to be? Do you want to be the guy that's, that's in the fight? Or do you want to be the guy who misses the fight? And so I think this is, I think this is very relevant to, to church today. And I know that we can say a lot of churches all over the country need, need this message. But a church that is doing as well as saying no church is doing, we need this message. Okay? We need this message. <clears throat> so, did I get all the blanks, Brother Richard? Are we all caught up? We all the blanks all filled in? We good? All right. So here's where it gets tough. That's the message. I, I think it's fascinating. We could spend a lot more time picking it apart, but but I, I think I think we got the idea. So I just wonder if everybody here, and I'm asking you to do this, I, I'm sincerely asking you to do this. I would like for everyone here to write down three things you're afraid to do. Wasn't that something? Sister Tina, you know, Sister Tina, like many of you, has really been growing. But but she's been talking about for, for the last year, year and a half, about stepping out of her comfort zone. She said, Pastor, I don't want to do this. It's not comfortable. But then she does it, and she said, this is the greatest thing I ever did. This, this is great, right? Uh, this is great that I'm doing something I don't want to do, okay? But how many of you here who are good Christians, who are doing everything you're supposed to be doing, but there's some things you're afraid to do? Anybody? And I, I don't want to make your list. I'm, I've been praying all morning. I've been praying for you guys that the Holy Spirit will speak to your hearts. But what is God asking you to do that you're afraid to do? Brother Jacob mentioned in Sunday school, um, like witnessing to people. You know, there's a lot of people who are great Christians. They do everything they're supposed to. They're always in church. They read their Bible. They pray. They do all things they're supposed to do. But witnessing, eh, that's, that's, that's a little uncomfortable. Again, if you knew for sure the person was going to say, that's exactly what I wanted here. I'll get saved right now. Everybody be doing it. But you know, it may be they'll say, get out of my face. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> right? Maybe that's your one thing. Maybe, maybe there's a job God's been nudging you to do. Maybe there's a ministry you need to start. Maybe there's something that, that you think that, that, that you need to be heading up or something that Sand Hill needs to be doing. All of these new things that have come up within just the last year or two, it's because someone stepped out and did something they wasn't comfortable with. Can, can, I, can I remind everybody here, can I, can I just give you this little reminder? Maybe you have forgot, but if we were back this thing up about 12, 13 years ago, NOYC was something we didn't want to do. Can I remind you of that? It was uncomfortable. It was dangerous. We didn't know if it'd work out. We didn't know if it was a bad idea, but we did it and God blessed. I'm just trying to say almost nothing happens in Christianity without a little bit of discomfort. You say, Pastor, I am afraid to tithe. Brother Terry come to me uh, several months ago, and this is what he said. And I don't know if Brother Terry is right or not, but I'm afraid he is. 
That's what Brother Terry said. He said, Pastor, you know, he said, inflation's going up and, and the economy's getting bad and things are getting tough. And he says, I just wonder if people are going to start saying, I can't afford to give to the church. So, do, do, do we all understand that the Bible says we're supposed to tithe? Do, do I need to preach that message? The Bible says we're supposed to tithe. That, that means you give 10% of what you make to the Lord. You say, Pastor, I am afraid. I am nervous about giving the Lord my money. Well, here's good news. It's not your money. It's His. So you're not giving Him your money, right? I, I, I mean, Brother Richard's been handing out money all morning. He's giving millions of dollars to all of us. So if, if he is, uh, you had to be in Sunday school. If you didn't, sorry about that. But anyways, he's giving out money to all of us. If Brother Richard gives me a million dollars and then he calls me up and says, uh, Brother Gary, I need 10000 I ain't giving you that money. That's mine. No, it's his money. You guys follow? But here's the thing. I heard a preacher say this. This will make some of you really nervous. You'll say, go back to preaching about fighting the Philistines. I heard a preacher say this. I, I think Brother Terry's told me this. But I heard a preacher say this. He says, if I had to make a decision between giving the Lord 10% or paying my electric bill, he said, I'd give the Lord my 10% not worry about the electric bill. You know why? Because he said, I trust God. Listen, let me, let me tell everybody here. Tithing is not about money. It's never, ever been about money. It is not about money. God does not need your money, nor does he want your money. He wants your heart. And he wants the faith that says God can do more with 90% than I can do with 100%. And so, I, I, how do I say this? Let me not get in trouble here. I go out of my way. You can ask Sister Wilma, Sister Georgia, Christy, you can, you can ask all of them. I go out of my way to keep my hands out of the money. Okay, I just think that's appropriate as a pastor. I, I don't try not to know anything, touch anything. I just try to stay completely out of it. I, I don't really know everything that's going on here. How, how do I say this in the right way? There are some people that I know tithe that go to this church who are... How do I say this reverently? Having the pants blessed off of them. Am I allowed to say that in church? There are people who showed up here years ago who years ago decided to start tithing and it blows your mind how much God's given them. And can I tell you there's some other people who showed up at this church years ago and they never give a dime and God's not blessing them too much? <laughs> Is this rocket science? Is this rocket science? Now I'm just throw this other little tidbit out there. I would be embarrassed to go to the Lord and say, I got this bill and I really need you to help me pay it. But I haven't given you anything for a long time, but I really need you to help me pay this bill. Okay? I'd be embarrassed. But I could say, Lord, I've given you all you've asked me for. And I know you're going to take care of my bills because you said you would because I gave you my part. Is anybody following me? So maybe that's your uncomfortable. Listen, I'm not going to play the Holy Spirit. That we could go down the list, we could, we could name up all these different things you're supposed to do, and we're all in different places. But I just hope that everybody here will say, there's three things that scare me to death. Fasting. Whew. Scares me to death, Pastor. You're talking about not eating, right? Not eating, that scares me to death. But whatever it is, would you write down three things that you're just scared to death to do? And you know you probably should do them, but you're just afraid to. And so then I want you to consider what is the risk if you do this. Okay? 
If I witness to somebody, they might cuss me out. That's true. If I talk to a family member, they may not want me around anymore. That's true. If I start a new ministry in the church, I might fail miserably and be embarrassed in front of my brothers and sisters. That's true. If I give my tithe to the Lord, I'll have 10% less for me. That's true. So what's the risk? What's the risk? Because may I remind you, Jonathan's risk was, right? <laughs> You're worried about not getting to go to McDonald's and he's worried about losing his head, right? Which one of those do you think is more serious, right? And this is a really big one. You can cover up your sheets. You can, you know, this is, this is a you and God thing. But I just wonder, would you commit to doing one thing? I ask you for three and I'm only asking you to commit to one. How, how generous is that? But would you commit to doing one thing you're not comfortable with? Now, let me show you something here. I think this is fascinating. We could, we could spend a lot of time talking about how our church has changed uh, since different people stepped into roles of leadership, right? Jacob and Jamie started a youth ministry, and, and God has brought in uh, like triple or quadruple the size of the youth ministry, and God is really blessed. But they had to step into some things they weren't comfortable with. We, we, we can just go all across the country and many, many, but listen, can, can I tell you, if you look back over the years, there's really nothing ever happened to Sand Hill by people being comfortable. Will you guys have that? And every great thing that's happening, you know, this is a great illustration. Last year we went to Castalia and did the live nativity and, and the whole church was there and literally thousands of people showed up and it was awesome. You can say, hey, I want to be a part of that. But can I tell you, when we first did it, we didn't know how it was going to go. I remember me and Josh having this conversation. Dad, we could spend thousands of dollars, do all of this work, kill ourselves and go down there and nothing happens. You know, that's true. That's very, very true. So you get on the wagon when you're sticking your neck out or you get on the wagon when the thing's already rolling down the hill and there's no risk. Does anybody follow me here what I'm saying? So would you do one thing that you're not comfortable with. Now here's the picture that the Lord showed me and here's the picture that I want you guys to see. Can I get an amen? Things are great at Sand Hill. Okay? Now thank God for that. But a lot of the reason things are great at Sand Hill is because some people took a chance and got out of their comfort zone and it's brought us to where we are now. I may be living in a fantasy world, but what would happen and I don't know how many people we have here this morning, but everybody here this morning, if every one of you would take that one step into the unknown, would take that one step that scares you to death, would take that one step that you think, if I do this, it might be terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm asking you to do. Now, if you guys get the picture, if this whole congregation does that, we're going to have a very different church here in a couple of weeks. Is anybody following me? The church is going to transform before our eyes. And here's what I want you guys to get. If you choose this morning to stay where it's comfortable, you might miss out on the victory. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. 
If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.